Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, this is Surya. Welcome to A Voice for Love, and I'm so excited today to welcome my special guest, Lystra Germain Sam. Welcome, Lystra. Thank you, Surya. I just want to say I love the name of your podcast, A Voice for Love. That is amazing. So let's be the voices for love today. And um, thanks for having me on. Uh, do you want me to tell everyone a little bit about me? Yes, please. Um, let's see. So I live in the unceded, which is stolen, territories of the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and um, Musqueam people, uh, colonially known as Vancouver, B.C., um, I have been in activism and advocacy for whew, my entire life, it feels like, um, which here in Vancouver for over 20 years, and then globally for 10 years. And uh, I grew up in Winnipeg, so there for about 10 years. Um, I wasn't born in Canada. I was born on the beautiful lands of Trinidad and Tobago, and um, both from the Kalanago indigenous people of Tobago, as well as from stolen people on my father's side. Um, and um, these days I have two organizations that I run. One is called Sisters Leading Sisters. And it is very plainly, you can tell by what it's called, that it is for uh, women. It is initially focusing on black women and indigenous women in our communities here. And um, we give resources, uh, connect people, collaborate, elevate, amplify voices, which is very, very much necessary, um, has been for a long time. And uh, we do retreats for women to collaborate and network and heal and rest and have these communities come together to rest together um, and reimagine as well as connect to our ancestors because there's a lot we can reimagine but really it's more remembering i think um because our ancestors knew all of the things before we got caught up in capitalism and patriarchy and white supremacy so there's that um with sisters leading sisters which we actually have a retreat coming up this october from the 15th to the 18th in asoyas and um then my other organization is a travel company uh, called Community, and uh, a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it because it's spelled Q-M-O-O-N-I-T-I, but it's just the same way you pronounce C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-I, right? It's Community, yeah. And that's a little bit about me. I love it. Well, that's how I know you, is with the Community. So actually, I wanted to ask you, what is the significance of that with the Q? And I love it. I love the way that it looks. It, it took me a minute to, for it to register, I remember at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just Community. So please, I'd yeah. love for you to share anything about that. Well, I mean, the Q is just because it's a lot of different, um, again, the, the onus, the, the, the focus, rather, is on um, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, the 2SLGBTQIA community, people who travel with disabilities, and solo women. And so I just wanted to sort of bring those communities together. So I just thought a Q would bring all those communities together. Then moon, I mean, the moon is, you know, what guides us all, and it guides of all of our moods, and it guides the waters, and, you know, the waters help to sustain the earth and so I thought what a better way to bring humans together uh, you know with moon you know because um, it brings the globe together and uh, yeah so that's it community you know 
I love it. And I don't know if you know this, and uh, this is probably not intentional, but this is where my mind went, is that like E.T. and Ita in Spanish is the diminutive of like making something smaller, right? So like E.T. and and community really is always, the way I look at it is like bringing everything back to the, you know, the base level where we are, right? Yes, yes, I do know that. Because I, one of the reasons I was globally doing my advocacy and working, um, I was living actually in Mexico for about four and a half years. Then I lived in Honduras for two years. Um, and so, of course, I learned how to speak Spanish. So, yes, I do know about the ITI as well, the TI, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. Oh, so is this where, so this is, um, I, I was actually interested to know a little bit more about your traveling too, because I know that that's a big part of who you are and what you do. And what was it that, for, did you always feel that urge to travel or was it like one trip that really like made everything go, oh, or what was that? You know, it's a kind of a funny thing. I When I went to go, uh, when I left Vancouver to travel, um, I was actually at probably the lowest point I've ever been in my entire life. I was depressed. I was grieving. A lot of loss, not just, you know, well, I shouldn't say just. Any loss is a big loss. Um, however, I happened to be grieving about six different people that I lost within... Um, about 12 months, and those people included my mother and father and a niece, and my mother and father passed away within uh, four and a half weeks of each other, and my niece passed away about four months after that, uh, and she was one year old. So I was, I always tell people, I was, I was a puddle on the ground. I couldn't function. I wasn't doing well at all. I had people who were very much, like, I have community. So I have my family and friends, my sister friends, who tried everything they could to pick me up off the ground and help me function. And um, I looked like I was functioning. I believe I looked like I was, but I was not. My heart wasn't functioning and, you know, my head wasn't functioning. And I had this meeting with Prince, um, our dearly departed Prince, uh, the most fame, you know, wonderful and brilliant musician ever, I think, or one in the company of. Um, I had this wonderful meeting with him, and we had a talk after that meeting. Um, the meeting was at one of his concerts, and he invited me up on stage to dance with him, and it was amazing. Um, but after that, um, he also called me over to have a chat with him at his after party. And he actually, it was funny. He, he said one thing to me about my light. Um, he said, you know, don't worry, your light will come back. Like I can tell that you have light and it wants to be there, even though he could tell that it was, I was in darkness. And he said that and I sputtered because tears just, you know, I couldn't hold anything back. And then he held my arm and held my hand and he said to me, sister, just let it out, just let it out. And so I ended up sobbing and snotting and crying all over Prince for the next 10 minutes while he held me and comforted me and just encouraged me to feel my feelings, you know? It, it, it was the most, honestly, even today when I tell the story, I go, that didn't happen. And then I'm like, no, but you were there. It did happen, actually. <laughs> wow. Um, and that is what sent me on my journey traveling, actually. It connected to a couple of other things where I just listened to myself. I let myself listen to my body and feel the things that I was feeling. And um, I asked myself this question about if you could be doing anything right now in the world, anywhere in the world, like, what would you be doing if you had all the resources? And my answer was traveling. So I packed up everything, put things in storage, sold what I, you know, gave things away, um, and got a job working at sea and went traveling. Uh, and I was meant to be back in six months, and I thought I would be back in six months, and I did come back in six months. But I also, when I got back, went, I'm not ready. And I went back again. And then I came back six months later and said, I'm still not ready. And I went back again. And at this point, I'd been all over the Caribbean and then all over Scandinavia. And then I came back the third time 
and when I came back the third time, I said, I think I can't do this anymore. So I got headhunted by a company in Tahiti. I stayed in Tahiti for a couple of years, uh, almost. And then I got headhunted again by another company in Belize. I lived there for a year. Then I got headhunted from there to a company in Mexico. And I lived there uh, in two different parts of Mexico, Playa del Carmen and um, Cozumel for about three and a half years, I think. Um, and then the same company transferred me over to a little island, Isla de Bahia in um, uh, Honduras, uh, to a little island called Roatan to open up a business there for them. So I moved over there, stayed there for almost two years. So basically I, I was supposed to go away for six months and I was away for 10 years is what <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's that story in a nutshell. You're a legend. I'm like, the, the Prince story in my face. I'm like, what? What? This happened with a Prince? Like, when you first start talking, I'm like, Prince? Like, oh, Prince. I'm like, oh, Prince who? Like, you know, so many people named Prince. Like, I'm like, oh, Prince, Prince. That's an incredible story. And his own knowing. Like, I was just so, like, yeah. wow, his own knowing and seeing you in that. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's powerful. Yeah, he saw me in my full capacity, you know, and he saw me at my lowest and saw my highest being in me even though I was at my lowest that's what happened yeah so and and wanted to comfort that I just I can never thank him enough for that because honestly that saved my life I think I would be I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for that meeting to be honest with you yeah yeah and I'm and today I'm thriving you know I I've never been you know I'm happy uh joy-filled uh, feel like I'm thriving, want to bring that to more people more of the time, use my light the way that he saw that it was there to be used, you know? So I am in service to community. So that, again, is why my business is named Community. Um, I'm in service to the goddess and all of us. And again, it's why I have Sisters Leading Sisters. So that's me in a nutshell. Oh, I love it. And, and I, and I feel, and I want to acknowledge, I see your light too. And I feel, I see your light in you and I see it and what you share and, and I feel it. And I, and I think about this a lot, how, um, like for me, it doesn't matter what tradition someone's from or religion or what name they call the divine. It's, it's something that's felt in the, you know, you can, you can feel in, in people. So I just want to acknowledge that in you and thank you. Cause I know, I mean, I only know a little bit about you. I'm, I'm always finding out new things about you, including this morning I saw, so, okay, you have this pretty story and you also kind of like went head to head with our prime minister justin trudeau that was like how did that happen that was incredible you were just like yeah Yeah. i mean that was another you know um again the divine as you say you know uh, i have a friend of mine uh this is a really roundabout story a friend of mine named judy uh lewinson and she's a dj and an actor and a writer and a comedian she's here in vancouver and she has told me for years that I'm an actor. And I was like, whatever, I don't even like that shit. And <laughs> anyway, so someone had approached her and said, you know, is there anyone that you know that is well-versed in politics and social justice and Canadian politics, particularly, um, who is black or brown, who could sit down in front of our, prime minister and interview him and not be taken away by his charm. And she said, you know, my friend Lystra is a, you know, I guess she, whatever she said I was. And then, then said to them, she's a traveler. And if it wasn't for travel, I think she would be a politician because she's really well versed in this stuff. So CBC got a hold of me and said, do you want to do this interview for Justin, you know, not for him, but to him. Uh, interviewed Justin Trudeau and I was like well yeah I guess if you want me to but then he got caught in on tape doing blackface then he got caught on tape again doing blackface then he got caught on tape doing brownface I was like who the fuck is this guy like honestly dude you're supposed to be our prime minister like what are you doing and he was doing that at the time when he was you know had the privilege of 
transforming the minds and hearts of our young kids. He was a teacher at the time. I thought, what's wrong with you? Anyway, then they called me back and said, do you still want to do this interview? And do you want to call him out on the blackface stuff? And I said, you know, I don't want to be manipulated by the media. So no, I don't want to call him out on the blackface stuff unless I feel it in my heart in the moment, you know? Um, I will go ahead with the, the uh, interview that we had scheduled. So they flew me out to Toronto and, um, you know, I, I did that interview with him. Um, you know, I wasn't sure who I wanted to vote for and thank God I didn't vote, you know, with him in mind. I was like, no, I'm not down with you. You are full of charm and it is, you know, snake oil charm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not real. You're full of shit. You don't believe a thing you're saying. And one of the things that I find about, you know, Jagmeet Singh, uh, who I hope actually, I mean, I don't like politics at all, but we are all political beings. And so we should be involved in politics. I mean, that's what politics means. It's us hiring people to, you know, make sure we're not uh, a society that is anarchist. And yet here we are today in this society that is, um, you know, feudalist and, you know, the patriarchy is out of control and capitalism is out of control and white supremacy is out of control. And, you know, it, we, are, we are this far away from the wrong kind of anarchy, you know? So I don't know if there's, I don't know how that sounds, but anyway, because <laughs> what I meant is, you know, we should be having a revolution, not anarchy, you know? So, um, yeah, so that's all about politics. That's how I got there with Justin. And um, I call him JT now, which... You know, I actually said to him during the, you know, before the interview started, I was like, is it okay if I call you JT? And he was like, oh yeah, you can call me anything you want. And I thought, yeah, because I'm not going to call you prime minister. I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you can even see it, especially in that, I mean, you can see it with him all the time, but even in your conversation, anyone who can read body language, you can see like you're so there and so present and so, you know, just like bring it. And he's like, everything he says is just like one little excuse after the other. And he kind of flutters yes. his eyes and the whole yes. very charming. Um, yeah, he's, he was a big disappointment. I had some I was hoping he was going to do something, but yeah. And I like Jagmeet as well, not to get political, but as you said, like we are, we're political beings as for the moment yeah. we're in this system. We have to make it work for us the best way that we can. And I like Jagmeet. Um, again, he's a human being, so I'm sure he's got, everybody's got their things, but I like what he stands for. I like how he's not afraid to confront things and even yeah. just to switch it up and like not have a white man in power would just be so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say too. I was going to say, you know, he's brown. He wears a turban. Yes. I love this about him. I do like the way he takes on the hierarchy in politics very, very much. And, you know, short of finding a black or brown woman who would do the same thing, if he's my best choice, I'm, I'm going for him because I see how he takes shit on and I really appreciate him. He fights for the people. That's what they're supposed to do, you know? Fight for me. Don't fucking fight for some rich corporation that has billions of dollars. What the hell do I give a shit about them? You know, they're, they don't give a shit anyway. So I can go on about that for a long time. So let's, let's just dial that back a moment. <laughs> yeah, we could go off about this, but no, but what we actually, uh, what I would really love to speak with you about is kind of the opposite of this. And this is something that I learned from your, you know, you sharing your, your, you know, your gifts that you do in the way in social media, which is where I experience you a lot, which is about rest and about, you know, the value of rest. And it's been something that I've been exploring so much. So I would love to, and I know this is part of the retreats and everything and all the work that you do as well. So let's talk about resting. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's talk about resting, which is so necessary these days. Um, you know, so when I moved, and was traveling and working, was traveling the globe, um, you know, working as I traveled. So rest was really, really required, you know. Um, I found myself having siestas during the day, whether I was living in Mexico or not, and it was a given that people were siestaing or not, you know, I was having siestas. And I moved back to Canada, and I was moving at this pace. So this is the thing that happened. As I was there living in uh, Belize, living in Mexico, living in Honduras, living in Tahiti, these are all very 
hot destinations. And so people move slower because if you move fast, you're just one big sweat ball all the time, right? So I used to be with people who would say to me, Mr. where's the fire? Why are you moving so fast? Slow down. And I would think to myself, what are they talking about? I've slowed down as much as I, like, this is, you know, a tenth of how I, you know, walk in, uh, uh, when I'm in, in, at home in Canada. And so, anyway, I got back to Canada 10 years later, and I found that I was moving at a pace that no one else was moving at. Everyone around me felt like they were going at 100 miles a minute. And I was like, lolly la oh, that's a really pretty bird. I really like that tree. And, you know, people would say, oh, well, we're going to go do this. Do you want to meet us? Um, and I'd say, oh, well, in how long? And they'd say, well, in about an hour. And I'd go, oh, yeah, that's not enough time for me to get it together and, you know, meet you. Um, and they'd be like, what are you talking about? It's 15 minutes away from where you live. And I, yeah, but I, you know, I want to do this first and I want to sit first and I want to meditate. And so I don't, I wasn't moving fast. And then, a few years later, of course, I found myself moving fast again, and so many things happened. I got into, uh, I got hit by a vehicle, a cab was driving and hit me as a pedestrian, and that um, brought on a physical disability into my life. Um, I didn't know how to deal with that. I considered so many things in ways to not have to cope with that because we live in a society that um, doesn't honor um, disability, doesn't honor uh, us in our wholeness in the way that we show up completely. Uh, the society that we show up, we, we are living in, wants us to compartmentalize and show up the way that it wants us to show up with the pieces of ourselves. And I rebuke that. I say, fuck that. I need to be a whole human being. So, um, you know, I quit my corporate job, I walked away, I started slowing down, I connected myself to, you know, my spiritual, my physical, my mental, my intellectual, uh, my divine self, and just continued to slow things back down again. And as a result, um, I was able to be more patient, I was able to be more compassionate with myself. I was able to have more space for my nieces and nephews and space for joy and laughter. Um, I was able to be more creative. All of these things that happen when you give yourself rest. And so from that is where the rest retreat became alive is the thought of, you know, gifting rest to all my sisters, um, you know, black and indigenous women, we have always had to carry not just racism and anti-indigeneity, anti-blackness. Um, however, you know, we've had to also carry, you know, the care of our communities, the care of our families. And so there's not a lot of time left for us to be in us, you know, for us and show up for ourselves. And I think it's really important for us to get back to that. Um, I think that to be perfectly honest with you, I'm positive that if we start to show up as our whole selves, our whole rested selves, that is an act of resistance against capitalism. It is an act of resistance against patriarchy and it's an act of resistance against white supremacy. So we are, in fact, resting is dismantling all of those systems of oppression. Um, yeah, and that's how I feel about rest. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so profound. I think I, I told you this. Um, yeah, I've just been sort of navigating my own relationship to it, which I had attributed to more like my family and my astrology and that kind of stuff. And then I have this even deeper aha, like, nope, this is where this system is still living in me. And it's really wild when you start to dis disconnect it all and see how we've placed so much value on doing things all the time and achieving things and winning and all of this stuff. Like this is all this systemic programming that we have. And like, it's like that famous, yes. 
it's that saying, you know, like we're not human, we're, we're human beings, not human yes. doings. Doings, right? exactly, exactly. And if only we could learn to be um, and allow ourselves to be, allow ourselves to show up as human beings. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that would scare the shit out of the systems. I think that scares the shit out of corporations. I mean, you know, the, the, the pandemic that we're in right now, that um, the biggest part of which we seem to have gone through over the course of the last 16 or 17 months, um, I think it has shown people a lot of things. <laughs> um, one of those things is that we need rest, that we're tired, that we can't constantly sustain doing in the way that we have been doing for the last, how, you know, four decades or so. Um, some of us for the last four decades, some of us for the last 400 years. But, you know, um, you know we, we just, we can't sustain that. And um, I think it's shown us that we have a lot in life to grieve and that we need time and rest and each other community to grieve. Um, I think it's shown us that we don't need to actually be doing as much as our systems have told us we need to be doing, you know, because it's like all of a sudden we could work from home. We could, um, we don't need to go like commute back and forth to offices, to grocery stores, to, you know, all of these places where we're driving, we're commuting. All of a sudden, I mean, I live right near the seawall and every day I would take a walk on the seawall. And I had never seen so many people out walking on the seawall before. And I was like, yes, people, that's it. Use your bodies, move your bodies, use your feet and get some fresh air and be in nature and feel what it feels like to be a human being. And I don't, I think a lot of us are not going to want to go back to that human doing bullshit because it's bullshit. It really is. And it did COVID. I mean, there's been so many, there's so much of everything inside of the situation that we've been in and there's many blessings. And one of them is that people slowed down, things slowed down. People literally went inside, you know, when you don't have anywhere to go and all of these distractions are taken away, then it's like, it creates this whole other space, which was very much needed. I could even feel nature was celebrating. Like I would go outside and I would feel the nature and the trees and the birds like, yeah, the people went away. Like they loved it. They loved that, you know. They got to rest too. Nature got to rest as well. So, you know, and this is the thing that we don't seem to understand. Again, I'm going to keep saying this as much as it's necessary to say for people to get it through their heads that all of these systems that are upheld by capitalism and upheld by white supremacy and upheld by patriarchy, they have taken us away from the understanding that we are an ecosystem, meaning as humans, we are part of this stuff out here where I'm sitting under the trees. We are part of that ecosystem, the trees that are fed by the waters, the waters that are fed, you know, by the salmon, the the salmon that is fed by the, you know, do you see what I'm saying, you know? And the mushrooms and all of the ecosystems that are connected to each other, we are connected to that ecosystem as well. And until we understand that and stop taking from nature and not giving back as much as we're taking or even more, we are going to be, well, we've just, we've disrupted nature. And so as you say, COVID, nature took a big fucking breath too and sighed in release and relief and went, oh, I can take a break and I can rest. And as if we decide that we're going to get back to business, if we decide we're going to get back to normal, God knows I, if that day comes, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, if we don't decide that right now is the time to take and make radical moves to heal nature, we're done for, you know, Mm -hmm. and people seem to think that that means take care of nature and don't take care of people or take care of nature and the little beings, the critters, like the dogs and the cats and the, you know, but no, that's not what I mean. We are a part of that. So we have to take care of each other and our communities. It's a holistic taking care of, you know, um, we can't, 
you know, I, I can't go and bathe in the sea and be one with the sea if the sea is on fire, you know. <laughs> if the sea is flooding through my streets, then I can't be safe there either because that's not where the sea belongs, you know. So if we don't figure it out, we're fucking done for. And I think we know that. And there are many, many of us, I think, who know that more than others and really want to bring a sense of awareness of that to to people, you know, um, and that's one of the things that, you know, when I say rest and I say this particular retreat is for black and indigenous women, it's because I feel like we need rest the most because we are connected most to our cultures and our ancestry. And, um, we can spread that message more than anyone else in its entirety and in a heartfelt whole bodied embodied way. Right. So we need to, we need a break. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the community, my, my, all of my communities will come together and support us in that. I'm, I am doing an in-kind donation um, so that we can have some, what I call survival bags, which are a swag bag that I want us to take into the retreat with us and a thrive for all bag, which is the sustainable rest pieces that I want us to take home and take into our communities when we leave the retreat. And, so I'm hoping that our communities will um, donate to that and donate financially because I want to give away as many scholarships as possible um, for this retreat because, again, you know, coming out of a pandemic, the, most, the, the communities that were hit most with most disparities were Black and Indigenous and Brown communities. And so I want to make sure that there are as little barriers as possible for us so that all of our leaders can show up and uh, collaborate and work at how we will come back out of the retreat and lend our information and our tools to our community at large. Yes. And, and thank you so much for, for saying that because that's always something that I'm conscious of and um, hoping that others will become more conscious of too is um, offering what is available to be offered to support other people um, who are in need and that how this needs to happen at the community level. Like I have all these ideas, like if I could put them into like function, I'm like, we would all be taken care of because the problem is not a lack of resources. You know, the problem oh, is no. the system and the denial right. of everything. And then the, the incorrect um, distribution of resources and complete, like, it's just, it's just, I mean, there's so many places we could go with that yes. topic. But well, it's, as you were saying, you know, the thing is, is that these systems teach us scarcity mm-hmm. and there is no need for scarcity. There is an abundance of resources. It's about redistributing those resources so that everyone has access to them, not just a few people who, through, again, systems and their own keeping everyone else out of the, the arenas, their own mediocrity has helped them to, you know, to have access to all of these resources, everything from, you know, financial onward, you know. Um, and so the idea is not that uh, we should be living in scarcity at all and thinking that there isn't enough to go around. There is more than enough to go around. We live in abundance. It's just who's got it, you know, and how do we get access? And so I do want people to think about that and think about redistributing those resources to communities that are, um, as I say, more marginalized. I don't think, uh, like, I don't use terms like um, minorities because we are not a minority. Black and brown and indigenous people are the majority people of the world. And so I don't know why people use that term minority. Um, And uh, also because, um, as I say, I I don't know that, again, I just like to say the the most uh, marginalized, you know, it's like I will step aside for my trans black sister. Do you know what I mean? Because she, she's more marginalized than I am in this world. People are trying to kill me, but they're trying to kill her much more. So I will step aside and let my black trans sister get before I get. Um, and so in the same way, I believe that my white sisters should step aside and let me get before they do because they have more access than I do, you know? So it's, it's just a matter of redistributing those resources and making sure that everybody gets, um, 
and not thinking that because you're not getting right now, that that means you're not getting and you won't have enough because again, more than enough for everyone. Yeah. Well, more than enough. And there's so much power in just even acknowledging that and allowing that even mental seed to germinate as this word, as your, one of your name means, you know, like germinate. And it's so, yeah, it's important to even think about that and to know that and to not let ourselves, because we, I think about this all the time too, like where our power is and how we can't actually rely on the system to fix the system. And how are we all going to come together and pool our resources and what we have and learn how to access the right communities with the right connections that can cross over and support one another because that's all possible too. But it takes a lot of organization. You know, it takes, there's a lot of, we need to create our own systems essentially. We do. Yes. We do. Audre Lorde tells us that, right? You, yes. In, in her, her speech, she tells us that, you know, you can't uh, dismantle the master's house with the master's tools, right? So, um, and therefore that means, you know, we can't build our systems using the tools of the master. We, we, that just doesn't make any sense. We have to use our own tools, find our tools, reimagine our tools, remember the tools that our ancestors gave us and come together and build community together and build our own systems, you know? Um, and hopefully right now, uh, you know, I feel that there's a bit of a, not even a bit, I feel that there's much of a, ah, a, a switch. Uh, uh, there's something going on that is radical. Um, it's so funny. I don't call it radical because I think it's just what should happen. However, I get it that it's radical because it's happening on a global level. People are coming together indigenous people are coming together um they're understanding uh that it's really a time that we really have a voice and we should use our voices and come together with one another um you know to to bring the message uh forward amplify the message and then for people to act on that message action is what is required of us all right now and I feel that I feel people know that and I feel people are taking action yeah I feel it too I feel it like little by little it's happening you know more people are 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 getting it and I, I I just think it's people have to think about things more. Like, I feel like the reason I understand things is because I have so much compassion so I can put myself in other people's shoes and say, well, wait a second, if that was me, I already know how I feel about certain things about me and add this, 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 and this. Well, wow, like this person is having a very different life experience than me and it is my responsibility where I am able to. And this is where the piece about resting and limits because I have, you know, so I think about this a lot too, why we all have to be self-aware of our own positioning and then limits as well. So it's like, yeah, because there's ways that I can give and then there's ways that I can't because I'm a single mom, yes. right? So that's just, a different... What do we have the capacity for? That's yes. it. So that's why we call it community capacity building, right? Oh, because good. we're building from the capacity of our community, first of all. Like, so that means everyone in our... So we, my family has this saying, we, we leave nobody out. Everybody gets to come along for the ride. And that means that... Um, whatever your mental health situations are, whatever your financial situations are, whatever mistakes you've made in life, you are not judged by the mistakes you make in life. You are not the the mistakes you make. You are not your financial situation. You are not your mental health situation. So we bring everyone along. So in that, we have the capacity. So we have every human, everybody is allowed, let's say, in that way, okay? Then we have the capacity of, this is how I show up. I show up as a learner. I show up as a teacher. I show up as my magic light self. Um, I show up as someone who needs rest. I show up as someone who knows how to teach others uh, or show others, guide others how to be in rest. So I have a capacity for a lot of giving. And sometimes I'm tired and I have no capacity for for any giving, I just want to sleep and don't fucking talk to me, okay? And so, yes, as you say, what what you can give and when you can give, how you can give, no one's asking anyone to put themselves, you know, in a situation where they are empty in capacity because if we aren't our, if we, if we don't fill our own cups and if we don't have people around us who pour into us and fill us up, 
then we are running on empty and running on empty means you have nothing to give to anyone, never mind yourself. Like you don't have anything to give to yourself. So that means you have nothing to give to anyone else. So we want to make sure that we keep people full. We keep everyone poured into, poured into with love, poured into with light um, and poured into with whatever else, other resources we have to share so that we can fill everybody up. When the, our cups are running over, we have more than enough, as I said, an abundance to share with others. Amen. That is how you community capacity builds. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that's such a powerful vision. And it, and it, and it could be this way so, so easily. And, you know, if the system isn't going to do it, then we're going to have to, we're going to have to do it. Yeah. And then that's where it takes yeah. the, the, the masses having enough of an awareness, enough people to kind of move. Cause it's never made sense to me. I'm like, okay, if it's like the 99% versus the one, like, how is this even happening? Like, yeah. how, because- how are we not winning? Wait a second, planet earth. What, what's going on here, guys? Like, holy, you know, exactly. Like I, I'll, I often think the same. I'm like, how are we? Are we really that slow? Like, there's one percent of them. <laughs> there's ninety nine percent of us. What the hell? <laughs> right, but it, but it all starts in the in the like as when you were speaking about everything you were talking about. I was thinking, and this is why it's so important to share the messages, like you just did. There's abundance everywhere. Life is abundant. Even just to like hear those words and to digest them and to start to make that the formation of our reality. Everything can shift from that point because we're just like the we're like animals in a you know when when animals are in an electric cage and then they yes. take the, the charge off and the, the, yes. the animals still stay in the cage. Stays this, in the cage, yes. what most humans are like and they don't understand yes. that the key is actually begins. It's not, everything is not in the mind. I don't want to spiritually bypass, but a lot, everything begins there from, from the idea. So the yes. more we begin to open our minds and have different conceptions and ideas, and, and this is also why having powerful leaders as examples is really empowering too, and especially in regards to representation. Because when people Absolutely. see people that look like, them and that they can identify with that also makes them want to go like oh hey like they did this I can do this too I can do this exactly and also Syria I want to also say that I think it's really important you just mentioned you know about things being in the mind and saying you know I don't want to spiritually bypass I want to make a point to say that as humans um we actually can do more than one thing at a time. So what I mean by that is not multitasking, because I don't believe in multitasking. Uh, What I mean is, is that we can live our lives in such a way where we read, we meditate, we listen to music, we do some tapping and some breathing exercises. We socialize with folks and get information that way. So I'm saying that we have several different ways where we can take in information and feel that information, embody it, so that we don't... So when you say, you know, when people talk about... I'm all there for the not for the spiritual bypassing. I have said this for years to people. It's like, I don't know how you can be in the wellness industry and not be inclusive of every fucking body. You know, and the wellness industry, I think, is, oh, I can't even stand just even saying that word because it is so void of wellness, you know. Um, And so, so I see some parts of that industry that are coming back now, um, coming together and understanding that you must have social justice as a part of your um as a part of your curriculum that you're teaching and as a part of your welcoming that you're doing um, in terms of inviting everyone in and us seeing everyone who looks like us, the representation of the world we live in is who should be showing up in that industry. So I veer off a little bit there to be able to come back and say that if we are doing our learning from many sources then we are not just like we are in fact seeing to the wellness of ourselves, and we are then sharing again within community and sharing those resources again and so then it doesn't become just about one way to look at things so i say this because you know i'm an avid reader i'm an avid traveler i love taking care of this 
suit that, you know, they've given me to live in <laughs> while I'm here breathing, you know, um, as best I can. Um, I also love sharing information that I learn from reading and listening to podcasts and listening to music and how it makes me feel. And I just finished a, a, a program at SSU called Community Capacity Building, as a matter of fact. Um, and uh, so I'm just saying that to say that, you know, we take in information in many, many, many different ways. And so we don't have to just look at it as, oh, I'm going to go on a retreat for four days and I'm going to meditate for four days and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better. No, uh, that's not how life works. <laughs> yes, and I, yeah, especially with meditation. I just posted about this the other day because I said so many people that tell me they can't meditate is because they believe yeah. that they're, they're doing something wrong. And I'm like, you can't do anything wrong. You just wrong. sit there. But your mind, you are going to become aware of more than ever of how wild and busy your mind is. So then let that right. be even more inspiring for you to learn how to just sit and watch it. And eventually it gets right. a little quieter and you have moments of peace. And then you're like, oh yeah, but it's not about getting better, right? That's a great yes. example. Great example. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, I just, I like to say that because I think a lot of times, um, you know, we get this idea that there's one way to do the healing. So, you know, everybody says, oh God, we should read all these different authors and read these books from, you know, and there's the representation, you know, and oh no, we should watch these movies and these films and there's the representation. No, no, listen to this music and this type of music and there's the representation. Um, no, let's do this type of healing that is, you know, somatic and, you know, meditative and do the retreats and, and there's, and it's like, no, it's actually a combination of all of that. You know, it's live your life, live it as whole as you possibly can. I know that is, I also have to tell you when I'm saying this, I understand that that's a privilege in itself for me to not just know it, but to be able to strive towards it every day. And, you know, every day I wake up, I say to myself, let's see, how will I decolonize today? Like, what's going to hit me today that I'm going to have to go, oh, shit, there's your colonization showing up, you know, um, so that I can show up for myself in a more whole way and then therefore show up for my family, loved ones, community in, a, in as whole a way as I possibly can. I get that that's a privilege um, because I've spent a lot of years pouring into myself in order to develop that. And I know that, not everyone can do that. Um, you know, I, 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 where I live in this city, I always say is the most, um, you know, real human part of the city. Um, I, where I live is connected to the downtown east side and I live in the middle of humanity. And there's people here who have lived out here for years and they don't have the privilege of staying connected or being connected to their whole self because being high is actually what that's as good as it gets for them, you know? And so I get it when I say that, you know, we really need to lean in to try to being as whole as we can. I get it that it's a privilege. I really do. I just want to put that out there too, that I'm not, not seeing the entire world around me. I am. I really am. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And I, and I just want to echo that. And it's something that I think about a lot. Um, and I, and I, and I shared this a lot with people like in classes or sessions or whatever I say, like it, it is really even a privilege that we have this time and space to work on yes. ourselves and pour into ourselves because in so many parts of the world, people are, they're literally in survival. They are just trying to Absolutely. figure out how to survive it because we're just a little bit, you know, we still have issues, of course, lots of things happen in, but there, it's like a different level that most of us are not in that literal fight for our lives. We're not living in the middle yeah. of a war. We're not living in the exactly. middle of, you know, and so therefore it becomes... Um, it, it, it's a privilege and it's also sort of like a, a responsibility. It is a responsibility. It becomes, for those of, absolutely. It does. It absolutely because it abs listen, I, this is why when I say I am in service to my sisters, my black and brown indigenous sisters, my white sisters who show up as allies, accomplices, and, you know, co-conspirators, I abs my entire community around me, my 2SLGBTQIA community, 
Of course I am in, um, it, it is, it's a responsibility of mine to be in service. Um, I grew up in a family where, you know, my father told us exactly that all the time. You know, if the more you have, the more you have to give. Um, I sat on a panel in a, um, oh, I wasn't on a panel. I was in the audience uh, of a, 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 Jesus, I can't remember, think right, a conference uh, in um, uh, March, April, I think it was. And um, I, uh, there was a woman on the panel who I, I couldn't, I'm going to probably paraphrase and wreck this, but you know, she was in, she's, I can't remember what indigenous um, treaty or uh, where she lived and what her clan was. However, she said, for us in my culture, it is not the more you have, the richer you are. It is the more you give away, the more wealthy you are. The more you give away, the more wealthy you are. And that, let me tell you, that brought tears to my, I could, I, I think I turned my camera off. I was just in tears going, yeah, because that's a culture that gets it. We have abundance, share it with others, you know? And so that's, as you say, it is a responsibility. It is absolutely my responsibility to, if I have an understanding that I am living a life that is full of abundance, if I don't share that, I'm an asshole of the 1%. Let's put it that way. You know, nah, I'm not living like that. No, ma'am. And that, what you said is so profound. And that is the, the, that is this very subtle thing that can happen only when one is like really conscious and humble enough to see the reflection is that there is a piece, there are pieces of the system that live all through us. So that is part of the responsibility to dismantle it. Because if we don't, right. if it goes unchecked, then we will also end up playing that out. And we see this, a really good person that's will do something really terrible. And you're like, well, how did that happen? Well, that's, those are those, these little shadow parts of ourselves that exist for all exactly. kinds of reasons, trauma, and whatnot, but also it is the systemic programming. So if we don't Absolutely. do something about it and disrupt that and create a new programming from ourselves, then there is that possibility that we will end up doing things that we thought that we would never do, but it's in there exactly. because of that. We were programmed that way. It's, it's wild. Exactly. Exactly. It is exactly that. Like we, we all have um, the, I want to say the, the, the opportunity, if you will, um, to be exactly that thing that we want to dismantle. <laughs> and if there are no checks and balances, which is why we are in community, I have community show up for me all the time and say, hey, you said this and you did this. And I don't know, is that congruent with what your ethos, your value system is? And I check myself and go, no. That is absolutely incongruent with my value system. I didn't even see that. Thank you very much. Um, and so, you know, I have community that calls me up and says, I need your help to figure this thing out. I need to know where I am in this thing. And, you know, they'll say to me, I'm interacting with a black woman and or I'm interacting with someone who this is what I'm feeling and this is what they're saying and this is what they're doing. And is that me and my whiteness showing up? And I can tell them, yeah, that's you and your whiteness showing up. You, you take your whiteness wherever you go, you know? Or I can tell them, oh, you know, this person perhaps is not along with their, their learning uh, as yet to this place. However, still, you're still showing up with your whiteness. How about you help them get to that place instead of trying to, you know, do lateral violence and call them out and be the good white person. It's like, stop that nonsense, you know, just have a conversation with the person, you know? So, um, cause there's a lot of shit going on right now. That's my other big conversation I'm having these days is that, you know, within communities that are marginalized, we have all this language that we've made to, speak to the oppressor, to the colonizer, to speak about oppression. And we are starting to turn that language against each other. And I'm very uncomfortable with it because we have to see that we need healing from a different perspective than the oppressor. And so we really need to have more compassion with each other than to weaponize 
the this language against each other. So that's another bent that I'm on right now. Anyway. <laughs> mm, yeah, that sounds like something. There's there's so many layers of everything. There's so many. It's layers. It's layers. And there's, I think about this sometimes. It's like overwhelming the amount of healing that needs to happen. But I mean, the that's only right. way to address it is just moment by moment, situation by situation, and doing the best in the moment to meet someone or the situation with respect and honor. That's and right. Hold our own, you know, be aware of ourselves so we know how our how we react to things as well, right? I think, and not forget that we can always revisit a thing, you know, that we, we do have time. And so, you know, if something happens that is out of the, you know, it's out of whack, you know, if something that is oppressive or racist or how you're feeling, you don't really understand how you're feeling about it in the moment and you do something, there's nothing that's stopping you from going back afterwards and saying to a person, hey, I fucked up. I handled that really poorly please don't hold that against me and give me an op- another opportunity to change my action. You know, like we got time. You can, I mean, we don't, we, we, you know, but we also, we do. And one of the things that, you know, I like to remind people is that, and I actually like to remind this of white people a lot is that white urgency only gets us deeper into deeper fucking pits of hell and horror. So slow the fuck down and take a breath and figure out what you need to do to be your best self. But that's not necessarily about being right. You know, you don't have to get it right. You just have to take action. You know what I mean? You, you, maybe later on, you'll get it. You'll get, because you just have to get it, you know? Uh, and, and so we want to make sure that um, we're not doing further harm by being urgent about everything that we're doing, right? Again, slow down, rest a little, get your brain into more thinking mode as in like a broader scope, get it into a more creative mode as in a broader scope, get it into a more patient mode, you know? So all of these things, they, it's healing, you know, rest is such a huge tool of healing. Huge. Yeah. It's so huge that some people don't even know how to do it. I know lots of people yeah. who, you know, they, they actually don't know how to relax and they will say, Oh no, I always have to be doing something in busyness. And Oh my yeah. gosh, I could get that. And we, we, we yeah. can talk about this forever. <laughs> um, we, really and could. we can, this is like, it's so, it's so important because so many people. That's why just, we have a three day retreat. So we can talk about yes. it and talk about it and talk about it. <laughs> okay, good. So just before we close out here, just please give every, just a little bit more information about the retreat. And then also where can people find you if they want to know more about it? Absolutely. So the retreat is themed rest. It is um, October 15th to 18th in Asoyas at the Inkami Hyatt Spirit Ridge Lodge and uh, Spa. And the, it, uh, let's see, what else do I want to tell you about it? Um, it is for black and indigenous women. Um, we are trying to lower as many barriers as possible. So we're looking for um, financial support. We're looking for donations in kind for support as well. Uh, they can, people can find information about the retreat um, and the donation page at sistersleadingsisters.com. Um, people can um, email me with questions at info at sistersleadingsisters.com. Um, sorry, but yes, info at sistersleadingsisters.com or sistersleadingsisters at gmail.com. Um, and um, of course, on Instagram, we are Sisters Leading Sisters. And on Instagram, I am community as well, which is Q moon, as in the moon and the sun, and then I-T-I. Uh, same with Facebook, the same tags, okay? Um, and thank you, Syria. Thank you for having me on and for letting me, you know, ramble and rant and go on and on about the things that I'm very passionate about. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, you know, tying it all back to how it started with you, acknowledging that you like the name, this is what this series is all about, is giving people an opportunity, giving them a voice. Like, and, and I invite people on here who I consider to be a voice of a voice for love. So that's what I see in you and the work that you do. And oh. I love that you ramble. And I love people that are passionate because I'm passionate too. And my whole life, people have always told me like, I'm too 
too much. I'm too, like, don't talk about those things, you know, epitome of whiteness, right? So I just love having these conversations because these, to me, this is healing right here. This is like just speaking about, there's so much power in words when we gather together and we speak from the heart and we connect. And so thank you so Absolutely. much. So honored. And can I just tell you, the next time someone tells you too, tells you that you're too much, tell them to go get less. <laughs> Good Invite them to go get less. Yeah. See how that works. You know, <laughs> that is, thank you. I will, I will do that. I, that is a good, that is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much again. And um, yeah, I'll see you around on Insta and hopefully uh, as we all open up and start moving around more as we are right now, hopefully to see you out in the streets soon. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Lister Sam, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.